<laughs> I know. What's up, man? What a great way to start today. Not a lot. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Very, uh, you know, things are going well. The economy sucks and that hits every industry, but um, things are going well. How about you? I'm good. As I told you a few minutes ago, I got to play four hours of volleyball today, just bracing for the fact that it was supposed to be raining for most of the day and bringing cold temperatures in. At least until next week, we were trying to squeeze as much out of it as possible. And it turned into a, a really good morning. I always love starting the morning with a, a workout that doesn't feel like one, which has helped exponentially when you get to chase a ball around versus running on a treadmill for minutes, if not hours on end. And so to get to do that and to get into the heat of competition, I played pretty well today. And it's a group of guys that I'm very fond of. That's a, it's a real blessing. I'll say. Cool. Very cool, man. Glad to hear it. Um, yeah. Getting ready for the weekend. We got some good stuff, man. Really good stuff. Yeah. It's a decent slate in college. Not a great slate. Not like last weekend, but it's still a decent slate. And then you have yeah. some, uh, some really compelling matchups in the NFL too. So from a football standpoint, I'm intrigued. And the fantasy here, don't go fantasy. You've been you've been playing this. I heard you last week with with BK, or maybe early this week. And I could we all knew what you're getting to. There are fantasy issues. It was Arthur Smith, I believe. Oh, I mean Arthur Smith's just a a fucking moron, regardless. But it annoys (laughs) me even more because Bijan was my first round draft pick in a league, and they continue to use him as a decoy, Kevin, which. I mean, you and I have watched Bijan Robinson enough over the last three and a half years. His so best it's like role. his freshman year then. Yeah, exactly. His best role, according to Arthur Smith, is uh, is putting the ball in the other direction of Bijan because everybody's going to assume it's going to Bijan. I wonder why they would assume that, Arthur Smith. Maybe it's because he makes highlight reel runs just about every time he touches the football, and then you insist on handing the ball off to Jonu Smith in the red zone, a fucking tight end who's pr- past his prime also. But that that really has as much to do with me just loving Bijan as a player and watching him to continue to be misused or not used enough. Um, my, my fantasy scenes, seasons are effectively over. I lost in each of my leagues last week, so the chances of me making the playoffs are next to none. I'm not even looking at waiver wires anymore. I mean, I'll set my lineup so I don't turn into that guy in a league. I'm not just rolling over. Right. But I, I've given up on any hope of making the playoffs in either league, and it's it's sad, but it's how it goes sometimes. So now I'm just trying to enjoy the games. All right. That's fair. Um, do, you don't play, you obviously don't play basketball. Do you play baseball fantasy anymore? I used to. We were in a league together. Who spearheaded that league? Was that Wags that started that league? Yeah, it was Wags. Because there were some kooky rules there that we were uh, curious. <laughs> scratching our heads about i you know i haven't played baseball in a long time and i'm okay with that too especially because the best baseball leagues i think are where you're changing your lineup daily and that just requires entirely too much attention versus what i want to give baseball in the dead of summer yeah i enjoyed it but i you know me i'm so competitive i get into that stuff too much like i mean i i just don't you know it's not it's not healthy for me it's not good i can't I woke up at like 4 a.m. to get Juan Soto, who was a nobody, who the Nationals brought. But, 
you never knew when the actual free agent thing would get like it, it, that's not healthy. Yeah, there are things that you can become super engaged in that can be good for you. And then there's things that are just a colossal waste of time. Mm-hmm. Like for some people whose jobs kind of depend on it to get really into golf, I think could be a really good thing. But if you're just, you know, some slacker who's spending all sorts of money and time on the golf course, then maybe it's keeping you from doing something more productive. Um, video games is another one of those things for a lot of people. Now, if you have the free time, then it's fine playing video games. There's some people who waste hours on end playing video games where it's cutting into their ability to do their job better, to commit themselves to a relationship, whether you're talking about a a partner or being more present for your kids. Uh, I mean, there's examples across life. More present for your kids. You guys are present enough. Stop being so present and stop being friends with them. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. So let me get this out. Stop being so present. You're too present. You're way too present. And stop knowing about the music they listen to. Stop trying to be cool. Only kids at 15 give a shit if you're fucking cool. Stop trying to be the friend. Stop trying to do all that. Be a parent. Lay down the law. Have some fear. Like when the garage door opens... They should bolt to a book and just bullshit their way, which will help them out later on in life to letting dad know that, you know, you know, Eddie Haskell, that stuff. Yeah, I don't want my kids to be deceptive with me. I've just gone through a bit of an issue. They have to be deceptive their whole life in relationships, in work. It's I'm working for a place now, which is not deceptive at all. And I'm not, it's great. And I'll get into that here in a little bit, but like, that's life. You've got to be a little deceptive. If you're, you know, the mortgage or or the rent, whatever, you got to bullshit a little bit. That's part of life. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit, but there's also no, actually a lot, to be honest. Oh, I, I disagree with that. You don't no, have to be a lot. No, you don't. You're just wrong, and you're living you're living a life that's better and more moral. Um, so understand that. <laughs> Now, I will say that you have to deal with a lot of deception in this world because people are shady as fuck. And it's a lot of those same people who are running to a book when they were really doing something else when their parents come running through the door versus uh, a willingness to be forthright about things. That's the uphill battle, though. I mean, we as humans are programmed to mislead, especially when it helps us to avoid getting in trouble, right? Or it helps us to look like we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But there's also being, not saying this for kids necessarily, uh, more for adults. There's also being cocksure enough in what you're doing that you can weather whatever the storm is that uh, somebody's going to make accusations about you doing something wrong or doing something that's against the rules or whatever, whatever the claim might be. If right. you are uh, willing to stand up for yourself and and also argue for the position that you're in, then then you'll be okay, I think. At least that's how I've tried to conduct myself. It hasn't always worked out great. Yeah, you probably won't, but I agree with it. <laughs> so uh, tell the people about what you're doing these days other than Texas Sports Unfiltered. Yeah, so uh, when I left radio, I went to go work at Morgan Stanley. Great experience. Um, what I'd planned out for what I was going to do there, um, was we accomplished 
the four-year plan in seven months. I mean, it blew me away. I, I, I never could have dreamt that we would have accomplished it that quickly. Um, there were other circumstances with just kind of the job and everything, but also life to where um, I had a really good opportunity and it was going to fit me better and be probably as lucrative, if not more. So, but a better work life balance. Cause as you know, for about a year and a half there, like I worked every single day and which was fine. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, and I enjoyed, you know, for the most part, the group. And like I said, my job at Morgan Stanley was I worked for one of the top financial, uh, advisors. And essentially I put together a whole system of recruiting athletes because they work with a lot of athletes. So they're NFL PA registered. So I'd been doing it before radio, but to keep all this kosher with the SEC and FINRA, which it actually was, um, I put, to, you know, put together a system that people are using now. And it kind of, I don't want to say blew the industry by storm because it certainly did, didn't do that. But I had people from four or five different top branches trying to hire me. And I'm at a spot now in my life where I've got a lot of opportunities and advantages and things I've built, but I've got to pick the right one for me. Work-life balance, everything. Um, so, you know, usually I stay in a place for five years or longer if you look at my resume, but this was one of those where I just had to make the move and it was people I had already invested with before individually and really trusted them and also felt like it was kind of suit my skill set, which is really talking to people and selling. And when I say selling, not selling bullshit wise, here's the deal. Honestly, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Which is why if you are in that marketing role, you got to pick a company or brand or product that you really believe in or else it's not going to work unless you're just a fucking liar. Um, and back, I can't, to your point, back to your point from a few minutes ago. And right. How many, I, how many sales people are on this planet. I can't do that. You know that I, I can sell a good product very well. Yeah. But I can't, I cannot. I mean, hell, the, there's probably one or two things that I had to do at on radio where you could hear it sounds different than the other stuff that I was selling. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll bet you, uh, I'll bet you a couple Miller lights or Coors lights that I can't guess what that was. You're on. Um, yeah, so, so, but, but I mean, I, I really believe in this place and already had as a customer, um, a feeling for it. So, uh, I ended up taking it in July, took a month off and been doing it since late August. And I love it. Like I love the people. I love the work-life balance. I love, um, our product, which I, I already knew I wouldn't have taken the job if that was it, but we do multifamily build, uh, build the rent. It's really kind of a one-stop shop. It's called Lone Star Development Partners. And we have a lot of different investors, whether it's institutional or just, I've got this amount of month, you know, amount of money to put in and that's what I'm doing. And I'm an individual investor, not accredited, not, so it's um it's pretty cool. And I've been able to use my network and skill set to do what I was doing at Morgan and do it here. And I'm a lot happier. So. So if y'all want to ever get in, in touch, if you're curious about investing in, you know, 
like I said, we do, we really have three verticals, but it's really multi-family home stuff. We've got stuff in San Antonio, off 71, off Bee Caves, off in New Braunfels, which has been blowing up, which is crazy. Um, we've got a lot of stuff. So email me or DM me or I'm on LinkedIn now and actually using that. So you can get on LinkedIn, Kevin Dunn, um, or just email me. Thank you for friending me on LinkedIn. I, I would have felt very hurt had you not done that. And by the way, multifamily housing is uh, is apartment complexes for the most part, correct? For the most part, it can be like townhomes, um, but they're class A. So it, it it's at a pretty top class. And the reality is, you know, I would never have taken this job outside of two states, Texas and Florida. Yeah. Migration's been obvious since the 60s with ACs from the north and northeast to the southwest. With stuff that's going on in different states now, it's even more obvious that people are flocking here. And with interest rates being what they are, that will change. But there are a lot of people that usually, like you and Justine did, would buy a house that it makes no financial sense to do that. But you have two kids. So let's get a really, really nice townhome or apartment complex or, you know, with a lot of room and do that until it makes sense to actually buy. So, and that's kind of my point is that there are what up upwards of 190 moving into central Texas each and every day, not just every week, every day. There's only so many homes and this is a bad buyer's market right now too, with how high interest rates are. So people have to live somewhere. And so the idea of newer, higher quality multifamily housing is uh, seems like a no brainer to me in a lot of ways. I would think so. And, you know, I, I honestly wanted to kind of feel this out a little bit. And I felt that out enough to where I didn't want to come on and, and we were starting this stuff too. So um, kind of a lot of stuff was coming together um, or was hectic for me and chaotic. Um, so I wanted to wait a little bit, but We've got some great deals right now that, I mean, you know, if you've got a 5% preferred savings, it's probably better than that, that we had at Morgan. And, you know, I don't know with index funds or whatever you're looking at, I don't know how confident I would be. And I'm in some of that stuff right now, but um, this is a good investment. I mean, I've done it and we've got a lot to choose from. And when a lot of people are on the sidelines right now, we're still rocking and rolling. What was the old uh, Warren Buffett line? Uh, what was it? I love my Omaha steak. That was it. That was it. That was exactly it. Uh, no, that wasn't it, you asshole. <laughs> I don't know. What was it? Um, trying to see if I can get it. There are so many of them. A penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> oh god he is a great story though the fact that he's worth that much i mean he's a great story but also not like he should be retired right now yeah <laughs> but he does live in that modest house in freaking omaha. south dakota or somewhere maybe it actually is omaha no it's it, it's omaha he had it in the 60s and like with all his money, he has never he's never bought anything outside of that. But because he's worth so much, they had to add like guard guard towers. 
Like I'm imagining like Derwood and Lucille when they lived in Georgetown and like had a nice old place, but like they made so much money that instead of getting rid of that and getting to a new place where you could actually have guard towers, they just added guard towers. there. What? Yeah. I hadn't heard that. Wow. All right. I'm looking at Warren Buffett quotes right now. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. Well, there's actually a lot of that in in terms of the the quote that I that I was thinking of. The quote essentially was, and I can't find it. The quote essentially was, "When everyone is scared, you should actually go out there and do some shit. And when everyone's really bullish, you should probably be scared." Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the best time to try and grow is during a recession, as bizarre as that may seem. And the, the best time to scale back or to save is in the supposed best of financial times. Yeah. And it I mean, it, it depends on when it is when it is in the recession and how big that recession is. And if it's really a a recession and maybe not more depression, but, or mini one, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, well, that's, that's also part of the reason why a lot of really rich people have a, uh, have a pretty high percentage of liquidity too, to where you have that cash on hand to where you can essentially buy things when they become super cheap. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you lock it up in certain things that you know are going to be probably the return won't be as much as you want. I mean, our multipliers, our IRR and multipliers blow me away. I mean, it's two to one and you're liquid within on one of our deals, one year and some three um, to where it's actually uh, being behind and seeing the sausage made has been impressive. Like I, I, I these are great people to work with. Um, very understanding the whole, you know, like I said, the work life balance for me for the next 10 years was not going to work. Um, it just wasn't, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to work 24, seven, seven days a week or that's part of the seven. So yeah. Another Warren Buffett quote, would you like to see my sausage? Another Warren Buffett quote, only when the tide goes out, do you discover who's been swimming naked? Another Warren, another Warren Buffett quote. The only reason I'll finish off on the couch is because we have plastic on it. <laughs> no, that was Jimmy Buffett. Never mind. Another Warren Buffett quote. Always make sure you get your number one into the toilet because for some godforsaken reason, these houses built in the 1970s have carpet in the bathrooms. Do you remember that? Dude, my grandparents, they lived in a pretty nice place when we were growing up. Every bathroom had a carpet, had carpeting in it. And I always marveled at the fact that it's like, who is getting down there and steam cleaning I, that carpet every week? I think carpeting like Italians moving over here that turned it into Italian American food. It was a sign of wealth that they didn't have before. Oh, that's a good point. Like, uh, you know, like really fat was, women during the Renaissance. Exactly. It was a sign of wealth. That's a great example. Um, boy, they do well now. Oh, this is a good Warren Buffett quote. Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Is that true? I mean, I mean, a lot of the guys in New York that are working at big firms live in Connecticut and have a driver 
But I saw some guys with thousand dollar suits that were heading down there hmm. uh, on the subway. And I thought, good for you. Good for you. I may invest with you. What's your name? Oh, I'm just uh, I'm stuck down a uh, Warren Buffett quote rabbit hole now. It's better to hang out with people better than you. Pick out associates whose behavior is better than yours, and you'll drift in that direction. That would explain our friendship. But which way? Uh, it depends on the subject. <laughs> Another Warren Buffett quote. I buy expensive suits. They just look cheap on me. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, no, he's a cheap dude, man. Uh, to where I mean, I'm sure it drives his wife crazy. Like if he has his wife on a spending limit, like get out of here. Another Warren Buffett quote, Flo, I told you not to shop at Dillard's today. TJ Maxx, damn it. I don't know if that's his wife's name. <laughs> oh God. All right. I'm done with the Warren Buffett quotes. Did you buy farm fresh eggs? Do you want to meet Mr. Backhand again? It's like, whoa, Warren. Like, I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> that is a little too much, buddy. I can't, I can't totally officially sign off on that one. Another Warren Buffett quote, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. No yeah, way. That was, that was Warren, wasn't it? That was Snoop Dogg. Warren G maybe. All right. So wanted to give that update for a little while, but gave the update. So let's move on. Uh, well, as we move on, uh, let me just say that uh, I know each situation you were in. Uh, I'm ecstatic for you right now. And uh, I look forward to, to meeting some of the guys that you work with, too, because you have great things to say about them. So it's uh, it's really exciting. And I'm glad, amongst other things, that this opportunity also allows you to hop on with me a couple of times a week. Mm hmm. And talk sports and whatever the fuck else comes to our minds. That's another thing. Nothing against Morgan Stanley because they're operating the way everyone is. Like, I couldn't do anything on the air. I couldn't tweet. Like, I mean, it, there are. There's a bureaucracy. in that world. Yeah, you're in that world. Yeah, there was a bu bureaucracy there that wasn't the fault of the office that you were in. That's no, just the company. God, no. So uh, Texas got some good news today with Quinn Ewers being announced by Steve Sarkeesian as starting for this game on Saturday, what do you think the game plan is for Quinn Ewers this weekend? Because he's not going to be 100%. This is an injury that if you're not careful, you can set yourself back to square one with regards to the recovery. But you also don't want to play scared because he is making the decision to get back out there too. Yeah, the game plan is probably inside zone and the screen pass that they throw all the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, been, it's been the game plan every game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure how they play this. I mean, if he's good to go, he's good to go. So you should open it up. What you hope is you can really just run the football on them and maybe take a couple of shots and get him out. Now, I mean, this team is not really separated much either for the most part. Yep. So they could be up 27 nothing at halftime, and it won't shock me if it's 27-21 at some point. So I don't think you can necessarily do that, but maybe get three quarters out of them. That's the ideal scenario. But if you're going to play them, you got to play them like where you have a four-quarter game, and let's go ahead and open it up, right? And just tell them not to try and fight for that extra yard or two. Definitely tell them, and that should be – 
shoulder injury or not moving forward, man. Like get down. If it's four, if it's fourth and five for the game, go John Elway and get get saucer, get torpedoed. But otherwise, hit the ground, man. Because I mean, we're good on fourth and one. Ugh. Well, now that you put it like that, I think he should yeah. go ahead first every time he tucks it and runs it. Pretty much, yeah. They should go Earl Campbell. It's one of those things that's easier said than done, though. And I know this isn't a, a great comparison here necessarily, but like David Ash was dealing with concussion issues and he was still trying to fight for those extra yards right up until the end when he was getting chided by Jonathan Gray and other teammates for taking another headshot that effectively ended his football career. So hopefully Quinn can be a little bit wiser about that than uh, the David Ashes of the world. I think you will. I mean, Quinn's obviously looking at future stuff too. Yes, he is. Uh, Jay Brooks should have a big day. That's the hope, Craig. He should, yeah. Even with a little bit of a shoulder injury, I mean, this this feels like a, a good game to uh, make sure TCU understands just how good Jonathan Brooks is. And C.J. Baxter too, by the way. I feel like C.J. Baxter has been shorted on carries these last couple of games. I, I, I would be okay with seeing him getting closer to that 15 mark. Agreed. I am getting a text here from one of our guys who listens. Morgan Stanley did everything they could to keep me. So yeah, um, one of the guys in our group was like, dude, he's like, you know, made it sound. I, I don't think I made it sound like they, you know, that they were over, over the top and still have offered an olive, olive branch that whenever I want to come back, I can come back. So I want to get that out there that they, they were very cool about a lot of stuff. Everything. Really. I hate to ask this, but I am really thirsty right now and I don't have water next to me. Do you Go mind uh, giving Go. me just a sec? Thank you. Yeah. In fact, I will tell you because we didn't say it on Tuesday. No, you go. No, I, I'm that um, Apple Leasing, you probably see it right there, is one of our new sponsors. Apple Leasing is, uh, heck, I've known the owner, Scott Crossett. I've mentioned this a couple times for a long, long time. And they do a great job. So if you're looking to lease, we're just talking about the economy. You know, you may look at used cars because it's, Trickled down to that market, certainly new cars. You're thinking, and this talk about inflation. This is crazy. I'm not going to pay for that. Wait it out. Go lease for a little while, like I was talking about earlier, and wait till the market really hits your spot or a good spot to go ahead and fully invest if you want to buy something. And Apple leasing has tons of options. One of the great things about them is that Apple will kind of see where you're at. So if it's about money, Hey, this is what I can spend per month. What can I get? They'll give you a full list. If it's about, this is the type I want. I want a Porsche, okay? Brand new. What can I get for that? Then at that point, they'll give you what the rate is and they'll get you the best rate. They've been in business for heck, probably 40 years now going on that. And Scott knows everyone. Scott's a huge part of the community in terms of giving back. Which is, uh, which is always great. You kind of know exactly who the person is, but the company is awesome. So appleleasing.com, or you can go give them a call, 512-346-9977, 512-346-9977, or appleleasing.com. Did you get your hydration there, buddy? Yeah, I drank two 
glasses of water and I've got another full glass next to me now. So we will hopefully be good until five. So one problem with playing four hours of volleyball, because it was humid, as you can imagine, with it having started raining since about 11. So, I mean, my tank top was drenched like I jumped into a swimming pool with it on by the time we were done playing. And I was drinking water and... uh, probably looked like John Stamos, one of the top of the beach boys with a pink tank top playing Kokomo. Nice full house reference there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it did look a little bit like that. And uh, I mean, I was drinking an electrolyte infused water too, but it do- I mean, it doesn't matter. You're just losing a lot of fluids when you play that much. Like uh, there's a guy in our group who wears a whoop strap. You heard of the whoop straps before? A whoop strap? Whoop, whoop strap. W-H-O-O-P, I believe is how it's spelled. I knew whoopee cushions. That's like my last reference of that word. Yeah, whoopee cushions. That was a highlight of the 1980s, I'd have yep. to say. But the whoop strap great. measures various things, your heart rate, um, how many calories you're burning. I'm, I'm not sure how intricate it gets into the movement, but it, it measures calories burned during workouts. And according to his whoop strap, we burned 2,500 calories over four hours, which is, for me as a, a six-foot guy who weighs in the, the low to mid-170s, my daily intake should be right around 2,500 calories. So I burned a meal's worth of calories today, which means I got to eat like an absolute pig for lunch today. I was so happy about that. So what are we doing with all this technology? We're all going to die. What do you live five years extra? And, and, and it, it's an awful, it's the worst five years of your life. You're broken down. You're losing mental capacity. Physically can't do anything. You got to piss every five fucking minutes. Um, what are we doing? Like, I feel like we're robbing the most important parts of our life focused with technology on health and being, I'm overly healthy. Like, what are we doing? I'm not saying go to 1940s guy in whiskey in the morning and cigarettes all day. I'm not saying that. But why have we gotten to this point where we're so so focused every second of the day when you should be living in your 30s or 40s on if you get to 90 or not. I think people have become annoyingly data-driven with this because the data, when it comes down to it, is all very relative. And it's not even totally accurate necessarily. And if you start putting too much stock in those things, it can actually have the negative effect versus what you're hoping for. What do you mean by that? Because you you become too obsessed with these things and your sleep scores start stressing you out and causing you to sleep worse. Things like that. And it's just, do, it's, it's, do we need sleep scores though? You wake up, I woke up. You know, I think something like that can be interesting to look at every so often, but I also don't typically have big problems sleeping. Like I do what I need to before bed to ensure that my brain is winding down and turning off like it needs to, to where I can get through the various sleep cycles repeatedly over the course of the night and wake up fairly refreshed the next day. I don't carry a lot of stress with me to bed. I'm not staring at screens until right before bed. I try and read a little bit or do some stretching. And I think that helps me, but I know a lot of people who aren't in that boat who are staring at screens until right before bed or have to take things like melatonin or Ambien to try and go to sleep at night. 
and I do sympathize with them, but I also, uh, I'm also very thankful that I'm not in that category of people too. Yeah. I mean, usually anxiety is the reason you don't sleep. So anxiety, depression, it can just be good old fashioned ins insomnia. Like there's sometimes where I go to sleep late, but if I can help it, I am trying to wake up a little bit later. Now that becomes much more difficult with kids to get ready for school in the morning. But I, you know, I, I also don't have an issue sucking it up and dealing with a, a day on five, six, seven hours of sleep. God. Ideally, I'm trying to get eight or nine. Put me through chemo again. I don't want to go through any day of the rest of my life on five hours of sleep. Five, five's not ideal, and I don't want to do that multiple days in a row, but sometimes you suck it up and you can deal with it. I don't. No? No. Not worth it. I'm living on borrowed time anyway. Oh, yeah? Where are you borrowing it from? Uh, my other testicle at 18. It had a lot in there, man. Hmm. CB says that he's about to, uh, that his doctor wants him to do a sleep study. Yeah, I want you to do a sleep okay. study also, CB. Well, well CB, that's, yeah, I know, in fairness, you probably, your doctor's right on that one. So my dad did a sleep apnea test. I'm not saying the test, if you're doing a test because you're not sleeping or breathing from a doctor, I get it. Every night, you know, where it's like on your arm, how much sleep did I get? I don't know. It, it's probably fine. I just think that people that do that probably focus on that too much when they should be living. And when I mean living, I mean doing nothing. <laughs> it can become one of those obsessive things. It gets back to the whole becoming obsessed with certain things that can be beneficial to you and or letting certain things that you become obsessed in distract you from what is truly important or what can allow you to be productive in positive ways. Can you imagine CB's conversation with the doctor on that? Chris? So just, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chris, how, um, let me, let me be the doctor here and CB. So Chris, uh, how many hours would you say you sleep a night? I don't know about 30, 30. Why just 30? Well, there's shit that I got to tweet out about doc. I mean, there's always, you know, there's always a new you mean 30 minutes. Factoid, yeah, 30 minutes of sleep a night. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's why we've always hypothesized that Chris Bennett is actually a computer program and not a real human because there's nobody else that I've ever seen who, even if I do happen to be up in the overnight hours, CB is always active on Twitter. It's the craziest shit. Tweet, retweeting positive Texas stuff, retweeting stuff that shits on the Aggies or Sooners. He'll throw some this day in history stuff in there too. He's apparently big into the uh, JFK assassination right now because we've been receiving stuff from CB about new uh, new JFK documentaries, one yeah. of which you want to check out. Yeah, no, I am. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even say 30, but it would be like one of those, you know, where I thought Chris would say, CB would say, oh, sleep's been really good. I'm getting more than I usually do. I'm getting about, you know, an hour and a half a night. <laughs> like, what? You can't function on that. Well, I do. So there are some, off, Doc. There are some people who swear that they can get away with like four to six hours of sleep. Like that's all they need. They do. They usually die of a heart attack in their fifties. I like, like I, I don't know how it happens. Doc like said he felt great. Well, he's gotten four hours of sleep for 30 years. Yeah, not shocking. S sleep is good for you physically. It's also good for you mentally, too. 
Like we don't totally understand why we dream, but a lot of it probably has to do with processing shit that has happened over the course of the previous days. Like think about a super stressful day that you've had and how that will carry over into your dreams at night. I actually just had recently, I was dreaming about something for a a side gig that I've been working where these people have been trying really hard to find answers to something where it's back to the quantification thing. They're like, how do we quantify why things haven't been better? And it's like, well, sometimes the product's just not that good. And like, there's, there's things that are intangible that you have to try and work on improving that you're not, you're not going to be able to project in numbers. Right. But it's become such an issue that it crept its way into my dreams. That pisses me off too. Cause I don't really remember dreams. The dreams that I remember tend to have to do when I'm really stressed out about something. I hate remembering dreams. I love sleep. It's the one thing that I, I just don't, I don't remember any dreams. I've mentioned this, the good ones, you wake up, you're all pumped up. You made a million dollars. You're fucking, uh, who's the hot Australian actress, Margot Robbie. Oh yeah. And you know, and you're living on an Island and it's like, well, time to go to work. Not good. And the bad ones suck because you wake up and you're relieved that you're not on some roller coaster in a volcano with the devil shooting at you and ex-girlfriend. But, um, but that sucks too. Cause you don't feel like whether you did or not, you probably got good sleep. I've been dealing with this for about like three hours. And the first rule of dreams for anybody who's unaware is don't tell anybody else your dream because nobody, nobody cares. cares. Even your husband, wife, they don't care. I love my wife. She remembers her dreams really well. She's a lucid dreamer. My daughter is kind of the same way. And I will sit there and listen Ugh. to their dreams that they find so fascinating. And I'm just like, cool. I'd rather hear about your trip to Target and how they didn't have the curtain liner. Um, but we went to Mervin's and Mervin's had the rings on sale. Nobody gives a shit. I'd rather hear about that than your fucking dreams. Cause at least that was real boring as hell, but actually happened. That's how a lot of the women in my life process things is they have to talk about it. Like Justine, Oh, they love to talk about their day too, which is another thing I couldn't be in relationships with. After doing four hours a day, I'd come home. So how was your day? I don't want to say a word about my day. I don't care about your day. Are you good? Still have a job? We're good. Let's watch, (laughs) you know, not Real Housewives. Let's watch. Oh, you know what's on? It actually fired me up. Million dollar listing. Because I figured they were going to cancel both those shows. They're just doing 24 hours Real Housewives. But they're showing a rerun here, and but it's not on tonight. Bring that back. Real but anyway, huh? Oh, you no, said I don't, no, 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 no. The real estate show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Million dollar listing. But let's watch that. Let's cook. Let's get a couple glasses of wine. Let's go have sex. Not talk after. We can cuddle. Um, and let's go to bed and wake up and do the same thing tomorrow. And once again, tomorrow at seven, I don't want to fucking hear about your day. Cause I really don't care. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they will talk about their day till they're blue in the face. And you're Sally is such a bitch. Ready oh, to go to bed. Great. What did Sally do?
if I could strangle Sally, I've never met her, but I may at the Christmas party. What are you doing that for? Because I hear about Sally so much. So every woman, I forgot what comedian said this was funny. Every woman has some woman at their office who they think is trying to totally destroy their career. And the funny thing is, <laughs> I've had men at every place that try and do that, men and women. Yeah. So, but I just didn't care. I mean, if I ever get terminal cancer, I'll murder all of them, but we can save that for later. Yeah, we'll start that list a little bit later on. Heavy, I completely agree with you here. My wife starts and stops so many stories about her day that it's hard <laughs> to keep up with all the plot lines and characters. And I get in trouble for that too. When they're like, you know, so-and-so. Keep, I'm that, like, up. keep that up person? though, because that's hilarious, man. That's well done, dude. Is that this person? No, it's not this person. Have you not been listening to me? I've been listening to you, but there's like a thousand characters in this book. No, that's Lisa, not Sally. Your Chris Morley. Yeah, I'm like, I I forgot Lisa popped into the picture. Who's Lisa? I told you about her last week. She's the intern from Texas State. The fake tits. Oh, yeah. I want to talk to her at the Christmas party. I mentioned that. I'm sorry, holiday party. Oh, I get in trouble for not talking about my day enough, too. It's like, you never want to talk about your day. I'm like, yeah, well, that's because I don't want to bore you with the minutiae of my day. Yeah, but you talk about it with Kevin. You talk about it with Bucky. Or you talk, talk about it with BK. I'm like, that's because they're in it with me. If you yeah, and I know, and we're always bitching about tonight. something. We're bitching about something. It's not like I'm like, hey, Trey, great show today. Great show, man. Remember? There's some other thing in the industry or that, that we're that we're complaining about that only us would know. Yeah, if yours and my brains were hooked up when we're sleeping, we're having the same dream, I would be more interested in your dream when you woke up. I would probably still be the asshole because I'm the asshole in every single one of your dreams where you're dreaming about me, where I'm I'm cheating on you, or I'm uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to murder you or some other heinous thing where you wake up upset with me, even though it was subconscious me that was guilty of these things. In real life, me would never do any of these things. I also have to bear the brunt of that sometimes. I love how in her dreams, you're the somehow mix of Karate Kid, the blonde guy, Johnny, and then the American Psycho character who's <laughs> fucking murdering people. Like, you are somewhere in between there, which is not a good gray area or 50-yard line to be in. Like, in her dreams, like, you are, you are not the guy that you are. Yeah, well, and you're we not a both, cheater. You're not going to cheat on her. We all. I tried, I've tried to tell her that, and it's just not. You know, the dream you is like popping up too much. So I will say that me and uh, American Psycho guy, we do have a, uh, a healthy appreciation for Huey Lewis in the news. Well, you should. And I don't know if you're being serious about that. I'm being very joke. serious. Huey Lewis in the news is the first guy that uh, made me realize that people outside of the city that I lived in knew about the city that I lived in. Oh, yeah, cause, roll. yeah. Cause he, I was li- living in San Antonio at the time with my family and he mentioned San Antonio in that song. He mentioned Austin too. Yeah, he does mention Austin. That's to right. To show you how small Austin was. That song, and for all of us at that age in the 80s, fired us up so much. I mean, Austin was one of those when I'd go to Chicago and say, I'm from Austin, they'd say Austin, Minnesota. To show you where Austin has come from or come from and where they're at now in 30 years for all you California DBs that are here. By the way, we've got good investments at Lone Star if you want to check that out. 
Uh, by the way, uh, Cooter said that he is uh, going to DM you about Lone Star. He also says, thanks for trying to kill me off, Kevin. I get about four or five hours of sleep in my life, and I'm in my 50s. Dude, Cooter, has- Cooter, I love you, dude. You're like a brother to me now. Yeah, I, we've known you for so long. You are fucking family. Get some sleep, man. But you tell people that, and it's the whole rich getting richer and poor getting poorer. You know, it's like one to nine, 99%. Most people are busting their asses. And there are people that are working so fucking hard and are in a spot where they just can't, you know, they have to do that. And I, re- I it's admirable as hell. I respect it. But there are a lot of people for the majority of life since humans have been here that have died sooner than they probably should have. And we're at a spot now where we should be able to elongate that, right? Completely agreed. Cooter can sympathize with the, uh, the current conversation happening too, because he says you better do your wives and girlfriends. That doesn't make sense. He basically says, uh, yeah, it sounds good. Cooter. I'll do that. Just let me know where they're at. Uh, the wives and girlfriends are in the middle of the conversation. He basically has to ask her to start from the beginning, which is hilarious, but at least you're oh, I would never do that. In fact, I would tune out. And then we get to the middle, which I was hoping was the middle, and and really try and and play up that I was really in the story. But that's where that's where they'll catch you. Women are so smart about that; they'll catch it. Be like, so what do you think about Tim's comment? Tim, what did? Oh, Tim's comment. What a what a misogynistic asshole. If I ever see Tim, I'm going to beat the shit out of Tim. It's like, what did Tim do? Like, how did, how did Tim get in there? What, what's going on with Tim? Who is Tim? Is, is Tim a dude? Uh, we're in 2022. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I got into the conver- the they-them conversation with Justine the other night. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, we've got is, to she, is she into that? we got to draw this line somewhere. She's like, you don't. I mean, she is a, a medical provider. She's like, you don't even realize how many people are insisting on that these days. And I'm like, what is it? Is it like once a day? She's like, mm, maybe more like once a week. I'm like, all right, once a week is not. I mean, that's that's maybe yeah. still more than than I suspected, but it's not. Uh, and once again, Trey, can we say this? Because I think we both legitimately we can come off as assholes with this. It's just too much um, for these very very small percentage that are dealing with that type of sexual discovery, whatever you want to call it, gender discovery and issues. Like we should be as nice to them as possible. Yeah. But absolutely acting like 80% of the population is struggling with their pronouns is we're probably going a little too far on that. Well, and and there's certain, insistences and requests that are like completely shattering the basic meaning of certain language that I'm just not on board with. Like one person referring to themselves as multiple people is fucking confusing. Right. We need to muddle the most basic elements of language up to try and cater to a very, 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 very small percentage of society. I'm sorry. We just don't. There's, there has to be a better answer for you than going they, them. I'm no. not you. Everybody's got their lines. What is your line? Are you okay referring to Rachel Dolezal as an African American woman, even though she's white and she's tried to represent herself as that? Because you have that. I heard her name. Who is that? She's a white woman who was like an African studies teacher at 
a college in California somewhere, and she was on all sorts of boards for African-Americans, and it was discovered that she's actually a white woman. And it's like she, you know, she feels like she wants to lead her life as an African-American. And I would actually say that she has a better argument based on what race actually is versus the idea of biological sex and gender. Yeah. But like, as long as she's not harming other people, yeah, you know, no, good luck with it. You know, I'm not going to be on board with you applying for uh, grants meant for African-American people. Like you probably shouldn't have access to those, but if you want to live your life like that, you know, good luck with you on that one. Yeah. You're not wronging others. You and I get that. You you were talking to me uh, last week about every time you masturbate, you wish you were African-American. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, you know, at that time he wants to be black. And that's, you know, it's a timing thing. That's only because I <laughs> wish I was bigger down there. But hey, what I lack in size, I make up for in pubic bone, okay? Yeah, and tongue size. I know that. You have a long tongue, don't you? I've got a, I've got a, apparently Dr. Eckert, that is a long tongue. Dr. Eckert said I have a freakishly long tongue. My, my tongue can just uh, contort in all sorts of ways. Well, that's also important. And you've got the thumb thing, which none of us can pull that trick. Ugh. No, really show them. Get them up. Oh my God. God, you should work at some brothel for little people. Either that, I should just hitch- hitchhike across the <laughs> brothel for little people. <laughs> oh, man. I, tell, tell me where one is, and I'll go check it out. I'll go scoop it out. God, only if you film it. Okay, I'll Facebook Live that, bitch. Facebook Live that. All right, we hit a bunch of stuff there. We're just going nuts. But all of it's right, so there's that. I've got... So many peeves here today. What other peeves do you have? Um, I've had a good day, man. I, I've had a good week, good day. Cooter, I'm on my, I think, eight and a half, nine hours of sleep. That's a good feeling. I think both of us beat our alarm today, right? Yeah, we both did. I was, I was I awake. I naturally woke up and was like, dude, what is it, like 7.30? And it was 6.01. Like perfect. I was awake by five forty-five. My alarm was supposed to go off at six. I get up. I walk out towards where the kids' rooms are. They're awake, just reading quietly in the rooms. I'm like, "What is going on here? Something's not right." There's a bomb underneath your house. Kids don't do that. Exactly. Uh, CB, no, I do not have a tongue like the cat lady. Did we talk about the woman who tattooed the name Kevin on her forehead the other day? Did you see this story? I did. No, I, I tweeted about it. I had a joke tweet saying I haven't talked to her in two years. I obviously left an impression. I should probably call her. <laughs> and my, you know, my mom, of course, is barely on Twitter, but looks at it and calls me. She's like, are you dating someone now? I'm like, no, Jesus. No, 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 no. You no. look at the entirety of the tweet before you ask me that, please, mom. Yeah. Um, he's got more of a sarcasm meter than that, too. She does. She 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 was totally playing around, man. Oh, okay. All right. Good excuse for mom. My, my parents are so good. You know, it's like the family I come from. We don't bother each other. 
It's like the old Dennis Miller line when he was on HBO. He said, I come from an Irish Catholic family. I mean, we, you know, it's like a, a rock group who has trade secrets on the road. Like, we really don't want to spend a lot of time together, which has also hurt me dating Latinas. Because the, la mm. the Latinos are so family-oriented. Yeah. And it's admirable. It's great. I mean, they will get together with yeah. cousins, and there'll be like 80 fucking people at some deal. It gets to be a little bit much. It gets to be much, but it's admirable compared to my people who really, you know, are avoiding phone calls on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, but it's just who we are. It's our blood. So, you know, don't, you know, don't mix shame me. Okay. Um, but, but like my last couple girlfriends, man, it's like, you know, quinceanera. It's like, it's just always something to do. And, you know, majority of my life, the way I was raised with my parents, we don't want to do anything. We really want to sit at home and do nothing, um, which I admire, but my mom's pretty good about, she never calls, but she'll call, you know, occasionally and just be like, Hey, what's going on? Seeing what's going on. And if she's got an icebreaker like that, maybe I'll stay on the phone for a little while. I'm kidding. We, we, I call both my parents. We talk forever. I don't want to get any, I don't want to get some of my friends or uh, older girlfriends who follow me on this, like tweeting, like you should really call your mom. We talk. All right. You do come from a long line of isolationists, though. People who are no doubt by themselves. No doubt. So dad had four siblings. Mom had two. Um, dad only has one sibling left after Uncle John died this summer. Uncle John, single forever. Girlfriend I knew in the 80s, but single forever. And you could probably go, well, maybe one of them's gay. Maybe they were. I don't know. But not this many are. We like being by ourselves. Aunt Nancy, boyfriend, early 2000s, single most of her life. Aunt Wilma, married, two kids, got divorced, never dated again. Jerry, married a couple times, never dated after that. Uh, on my mom's side, Keith, single my whole life. Uh, Laura married a couple boyfriends in there, single. Both my parents, single. I it that's actually what I come from. That's how I was raised to enjoy spending time by yourself, have a good group of friends you go out with, go eat with. Don't don't be a shut-in. That's not healthy at all. But it actually can be healthy to be single and enjoy being single. Yeah, complete freedom. Even outside of the narcissistic part of I want my time, which I don't think is that narcissistic that I say, this is my life. I almost died at 18 and I want to do what I want to do. You egomaniac, you selfish bastard. Oh, you're right. I should give up my whole life and experience when it could be gone tomorrow to make you happy. That would make sense, right? There, yeah, look, complete freedom, complete autonomy is uh, a very enjoyable place to be, but there's also something healthy about thinking and doing for others. So there's a balance to be struck there, but you also I, make sure you also make sure to take care of those and to do things for those that you care the most about while still going home to your complete autonomy at the end of the night. Do I do that? Sometimes. 
Fuck you. I knew I knew there was something. I knew there was some copy out there where you're setting me up. I actually do do that. Yes, I just I, I take you. care of both my parents when I they need. I just said you, know. you do that. You keep in great contact. You said sometimes, you asshole. I, I I said that after I buttered you up and gave the the my truth. Well, finish with an exclamation point, not a comma next time. No wonder, no wonder Justine's having those dreams. Oh well, yeah. If she thinks dream me is an asshole, she she should really uh, pay attention to what real me has to say when we're out in public. Here's the deal, though. I, I think I will get, I may not get married, but I, I will have a, and I've had them before, but like a long, 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 long relationship that we pretty much are married. I don't want to do it right now. I've got a good enough life, good enough friends. If I run into that person, I'm not going to hit on 20 anymore. Like, I'm not going to get to 20 and be like, is there an ace behind the dealer's hand? I'm not going to do that, which I've probably done once or twice, but, but I also have no regrets with that. Like age wise, I'm enjoying life and, and, but I can see myself retiring and getting to my early sixties and saying, you know what? Um, let me get some 35 year old. We'll have nothing to talk about. Let's just, you know, do this shit. See, I far too often, I think about this, but you're my, you're my best friend. So I'm allowed to, to think about these things. What, type of woman it would take for you to want to settle in with her for a long, long, long time. Hmm. Swallows. No, that's not the right. Never mind. Um, no, beyond, um, beyond the very obvious, you know, no, very obvious crass. Understand what I want and what I like in life. And I'll do the same for you. So yeah, but yeah. there, but you, you want, you want your alone time. What's wrong with that? <laughs> because if you're with somebody long enough, you're going to be together a whole lot more than you're apart at night. That's fine. Okay. But um, I think it's also the household I grew up in. Yeah. Like they, they ended up getting divorced, but my parents watched TV in two separate rooms. You know, they just, yeah. they didn't hang out a bunch. Maybe that explains why I'm so shamelessly naked when my kids are around. It's like, you're the ones that are in my bathroom right now. Okay. Yeah, that, that story got a lot better after that, but still weird. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I want someone to be honest in, in no matter what I'm doing at that point or what they may think I'm worth to like me for me, love me for me. But a lot of that is I'm not going to try and turn you into what I want for an ideal partner. And I'm not going to I'm not going to take you to a bunch of shit that I like to go to that I know you don't want to go to. I'm not going to guilt trip you into going to this shit or turn it into a fight. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be somebody who's smart, funny. Has a good sense of humor in terms of the ability to laugh at things isn't easily offended you know the looks thing or you know yeah you, i would maybe start with not easily offended with me probably <laughs> i mean that's a and big get the smart good but, looking funny but, you know, but the intellect thing is is equally important to me because you're a really smart person and intellect needs to align i mean there's all these different factors that should be pretty close to one another like not everybody is going to be the exact same on a rate on a rating scale with physical attraction 
or brains or street smarts or sense of humor or whatever the important qualities are to you, but they still need to be close enough, right? Agreed. Like, yeah, but can you intellect, intellect would probably be lesser than you think on that scale for me. For what? In terms of like nice, funny, um, which funny can go with the the intellect. I get that, but appreciative but also understanding of who you are you are a man and you are a guy and there's i'm not going to drag you to shit i'm going to drag you to some stuff because we're in a relationship and i may drag you to shit a college baseball game that you don't want to go to women are great at that though women that don't like sports are great at that because they don't mind going to the football game or baseball game because it's a social event yeah was a baseball game Dude, that three-two slider that he fucking threw in the seventh inning—I don't know—I wouldn't even watch it. Um, but the pregame at Pena Steel, and I met Sally, different Sally. Uh, no, but I mean, like where where they, they can enjoy that, and men—we're not as good at that. Like if you drag me to your, you know, volunteer event where you're getting an award, I'm very proud of you. But this is awful. What about dragging you to volunteer? Well, you'd be doing that. Um, I also didn't come from a very volunteer family. Like we never did any volunteering. And like I've been in relationships since then and I've done it with work. And it's really, it brings back. Now they gave the charity, but they, we never volunteered. Um, and I've been doing that. I've done that since leaving that household. And I'm like, this actually is really cool. I've done uh, Habitat for Humanity, Thanksgiving, you know, slopping up turkey. For people that are just hungry like it's a it's a good it's probably not what they put on the brochure but that's what it is um but but it's a good feeling and it, it, you know it's good for you even if you're just being selfish about it like it's a good thing so i can do that i'm not doing it a bunch though like my my time is what i have left that's it everything else job family people it's my time it's my life What's this Dave song? Is, uh, yeah. Dave is way, weighing in on what's important to him. Sports, weed, and cats. So that's the trifecta for Dave at ATX 51. I feel like Dave's having fun with me. I don't have any cats anymore. I barely smoke any weed. And yes, yeah, sports are important. But Dave, I feel like. But yeah. less important than they were 10 years ago. Right. Um, yeah. No, I mean, all three of those have diminished, you know. Although I do want to get, yeah, I would like to. Speaking of pussy, I would like to get a couple of cats when I retire too. When, okay, so to become a, a cat dad again after you have uh, established your pe- yourself in the workforce and have more time to spend at home. Yep. Okay. That's no, but I mean retire. I I won't get an animal until I retire. Hmm. Why is and even that? then? Even then, I probably won't right away because I'll want to travel for. Most people retire, travel for three or four years. I'm just going to travel all the time. You get sick of it. It's a pain in the ass and it's expensive, but it's just airports and fucking delays. And this hotel wasn't that. And the rental car didn't work. And the restaurant, they, it becomes a pain in the ass. You just want to stay at home. I'm, I'm pretty much, I pretty much have been an 85 year old man at heart since I was nine. I always say that and people are like, yeah. I'm like, no, I really have been. Well, the key is finding the right amount of travel 
to your point, like I don't understand people that are constantly jet setting around the globe either. Like that gets exhausting living out of a suitcase. Live someplace that you love enough that you can just be happy in your day-to-day life and occasionally break away to go to a Colorado in the summer or Colorado in the winter or, or go to a Spain or an Italy or a France or a Croatia. He's naming all the spots he knows I want to travel to and have traveled to. <laughs> or go to Bora Bora for your 15-year wedding anniversary in four years or something, you know, something like that. And to where the, the travel itself is special and it does allow you to really unwind and enjoy uh some form of paradise and still get to come back to the place that you love living in too. Agreed. All right, dude, I'm going to get some water. Now you give uh, your shout out. All right. I will give a couple different shout outs, starting with great blue Heron furniture. As I pull it up on the phone here, great blue Heron furniture is a custom leather furniture company. They started in 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. The stuff is gorgeous. It is the highest quality furniture you can find. There's actually a link in the YouTube video description below that takes you to the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. You can use the promo code HOOKEM at checkout, whether you're buying from the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection or just buying from Great Blue Heron Furniture in general. It gives you 15% off your purchase. If you're looking for great furniture that looks amazing and is built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Hair and Furniture. Check that link for more info or give them a call. 1-866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. Also going to give some love to Audio Visual Consultations. We are in full swing of the best sports time of year. Actually, now that the World Series is over with, we're slightly beyond that. There's still so many NBA and NHL games to go, along with the second half of the NFL season, and we're down the stretch in the college football regular season. A month to go in regular season plus conference championship games. Fingers crossed the Longhorns are going to find themselves in a Big 12 championship game and maybe that 14 college football playoff as well. Get yourself ready for that if you have not done so already by calling Audiovisual Consultations to have them take care of your dream home theater needs and wants and desires. Or maybe it's at a place of business where you want to ramp up the TV and audio access there. You can go to avconsultations.com to see all the different options they can provide for you with that or the other services that they can get done for you. Once you decide on that service, you're going to give them a call, 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 for audio visual consultations. And a little bit more love to Relax the Back. That's right. Relax the Back is a place that I have been going to for a long time now. Had back issues going back into my mid or late 20s. Started going to Relax the Back to get massage tools, some of which I still use to this day. Since then, I have added furniture to my household. That includes the chair that I'm sitting in right now. It's got exceptional lumbar support. And yes, I am still in the market for that stand-up desk. I know the model that I'm getting from Relax the Back. I just have to cash in that $7,000 Texas Rangers World Series ticket in Vegas next week to have the money to get it. 
when I do that, I'm going to the Relax the Back Bee Caves location. Uh, maybe not the location closest to me. If I wanted to, I could go to relaxtheback.com to see all the products they offer and also to find the location nearest me here in Cedar Park. I encourage you to do the same. Relax the Back and relaxtheback.com. Uh, Dave, uh, at ATX five, one, two said he was not, uh, <laughs> no, not no. with you. He said, that's him. Dave, Dave you and I should him. hang out because we have a Truly. lot of common, um, point spectrum, you know, this whole, I know I've got to cut the cord. So Trey, don't give me it, but how does the, how do we like evolve so much technologically and yet internet or not internet? Cable has gotten much worse in terms of when it works. So I'm only using you to record shit. And then also if I have something on there that it'll stay there. Mm. And this thing goes away all the time. I mean, what, what a, you know, the, the monopolies that are running this, we need to get into all that and, and cut this shit out because it's too much. It's affecting my life here. Well, the best internet that we can possibly get here in Cedar Park is through Spectrum, which is disappointing because I don't want to give them money. As a matter of fact, a few months ago, we were getting what we what was the best internet, I want to say like a year and a half, two years ago. Well, like three or four months ago, I was having major issues staying connected on these live stream broadcasts and we called Spectrum and it's like, oh yeah, we've got a better version now. And you need to pay this much more a month and you need to pay for this new device. And so it's like a version of what Apple does where they will advance the technology to a degree that you're, the technology that you're currently using that has served you well up to a certain point no longer does because all of a sudden it's out of fashion. Right. And it pisses me off, but we don't get Google Fiber out here, which would be the best option. And so I'm stuck paying Spectrum again. And I... Did not think I would ever pay them again a couple of years ago until I learned that this was the best option for here in Cedar Park. Yeah, Google Fiber. I know. I agree with you, Dave. I wish I had Google Fiber. If I had Google Fiber, I wouldn't be sp paying P Spectrum a dime because they have not earned. They have not. Uh, they have not cared enough about my business over time. No, they, I mean, their customer service people are great, which is why I've stayed there for the most part they are, but yeah, it's, it's been a shit show with them. I thought time Warner was bad. You said the customer service at spectrum is decent. Yeah. I'll actually agree with that recently because I have, I've, I've dealt with those issues. The customer service was good. The customer service calmed me down because I was, it's, it's kind of the reverse of what I was saying earlier. I've got a great product that. I can talk to people. I don't need to sell you. I can put it in front of you and be honest and say, this yeah. is what you're going to get back. You want 2.25 back in two years? That's pretty safe. Here we go. They they know their product sucks and they're waiting for people to get on. And I've done enough, I guess you can call it customer service, but just talking to people. I'm not going to sit there and yell at someone in New Jersey who's taking the phone call. But I'll be very honest about the product and as a customer, kind of how I feel like I'm getting stuff or not getting stuff or what I pay for. But they, they're they very aware that that things aren't great at Spectrum if you are on the front line answering calls. 
I will say that my, that my internet service with Spectrum now is good. It's just Mine's great. frustrating to have to get to that point and have to wait for the device to be sent to send the other device back. It's just like. Well, it's more cable. Well, my cable box is five years old. Do you know the only reason I pay you all that insane amount per month is to keep a JFK deal or keep a uh, Alcatraz deal or to keep I have Georgia. Actually, it's longer than that. I've got Georgia, Texas on it in 2017. Mm. Like, that's why. You know me. I, I actually do go back and rewatch all these over and over and over again. It actually is worth it for me. Um, but so they're like, we'll just trade it in a new box. Like, no, that's why I have y'all. Why don't you invent something to where with your new box, you can put two UBS connectors or whatever it is and transfer all that shit into the new box. Right? It's like, yeah, well, we're not really spending money on that. You're not spending money on anything. You're like iHeart. You are you are everything that sucks about global media and monopolies, and you're ruining shit. You're ruining the product. You're ruining talent. You're ruining. I mean, shit, dude. There's no way I would have done radio. I would never be doing this. Done whether you like me or not. If you're listening, you probably do or watching, and we appreciate that. I never would have done that in 1994. If it would have yeah. been now, I probably wouldn't have gone to UT either. There are a lot of things that, that would not have, you know, lined up. So a lot of it's timing, but I never would have gotten into this. But back then, you're a radio guy. You could make 110K, like an average radio guy. And, you know, live a good life and enjoy your life. And iHeart and Spectrum and ESPN, Disney, they've ruined a lot of that shit. Yes, they have. So what about your parents? Did your parents go out at all? Uh, real quick, I think that radio did a good job of ruining a lot of that too. Radio just radio did a great job of ruining. being run. Radio by, ruined radio. Radio being run by dinosaurs and gatekeepers and yep. people who don't understand the value of risk taking in an industry that everybody claims is is dying. And in a lot of ways, it is. But that that's the time to uh, take more chances with certain things, calculated risks, if you will. Did my parents ever go out? Yeah, they, they would go out. Uh, when did your parents get divorced in junior high, when you were in junior high? 1990, sixth grade. Sixth grade. Okay, so my parents would have gotten divorced a year or two after that which the news was broken to us in the most amazing way. My mom pulled my brothers and me out of school. I was in seventh or eighth grade at the time. I think it was eighth grade. So the other brother was in sixth grade. The youngest brother, Rob, was in fourth grade. And we got taken to Brahms. Did they have Brahms here? It's like a- I don't think they did back then, but I knew Brahms because we had family in Houston. And, and so, I mean, I, so I saw Brahms, but I don't think we had a Brahms here. So like a burger and milkshake place. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. So it's two o'clock. We get milkshakes. Fat Trey loved that part of this. Uh, I actually went to a Brahms with, who is it? I'm going to get this straight here. D.Y., Ricky, and Ahmad Brooks during the UCLA game in Arlington. We had to stay there that night. We went to some country bar and we were like starving. No, that was a steak and shake. Never mind. But same thing, right? Oh, I hope you guys got blunted the fuck out before you went into that steak and shake. Well, we went to go and ordered like $200 worth of food at probably 
1.30 a.m. So you do the math. <laughs> so my mom takes us to Brahms and we're like, this is awesome. We got out of school early to come to Brahms to drink milkshakes. And then she drops the fact that she's separating from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all be like, I was not like, I was waiting for it when it happened. Like, were there not signs to you? You were smart enough. You, you obviously were like, yeah, no shit, right? So my brothers are like, they immediately break down and start crying because up <laughs> to a certain age, you think that it's... Rob started crying. I understand Mike, but Rob, then what a pussy. I, Rob, I, I, I'm going to text him after this and just get on him for being a fourth grader and crying that his parents are getting divorced. <laughs> Rob and Mike. It may have been the last time Mike literally shed tears in his life. I believe but, that. They both cried, but eighth grade me, who was enjoying my shake, was asking for seconds to try and exploit that situation as a fat kid, while also saying to myself, thank fucking God. These two people do not need to be together anymore. My dad was spending half of his nights in the the second bed in my bedroom, trying to sneak into my bedroom (laughs) late at night after I'm asleep. It's like, hey, dude, you don't get to sleep into my bedroom and then snore to the degree that I'm having a hard time going back to sleep after I wake up the very first time. That doesn't work very well. But you I don't- grab his cup of water instead of yours, and it's like, whoa, this isn't water. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's his dip cup. Gross. Now I'm definitely up. But no, I, I saw I saw that they were not good for one another at that point in their lives. There was probably a point earlier in their lives where they were better for one another. But they were at the end of that rope. And it was only going to harm the overall family dynamic by them staying together. And so when she said that, you know, maybe a small part of me was sad, but overall I was, I was happy. I was like, yeah, these two people should not be together anymore. So that, that's a, that's a strange answer to your question of whether my parents went out together. They, they would go out together from time to time, but they would also go out separately too. All right. I'm listening. Keep talking here. My mom was a big church person and so she would be going to church all the time and my dad was a big uh he he liked to have more fun than going to church so he would be out chasing his vices and so one or the other would be home while the other one is going to their various things and uh so that was kind of how they went out they would occasionally go out i don't know if you call it dates or go out to parties or whatnot and i told this story i think it was last week where I answered the phone, Domino's Pizza, going to take your order with one of my dad's drunk friends. And he got furious and he had the operator call and there was a message (laughs) that was left on our answering machine where he's like, I swear to God, there was somebody who was answering the phone, Domino's Pizza, going to take your order. And the great thing about that story, Kevin, because now I'm remembering, I didn't get through this entire story. I not only represented the person taking the order, I represented the manager also. I tried to change my... Uh, mid pubescent voice to sound like an employee and then also the manager of the joint too. And this old drunk guy was just so out of it that he couldn't tell the fucking difference. That's phenomenal, by the way. Did you ever prank the operator? Uh, I got in trouble for I did too. The operator. Yeah. Calling zero and thinking I was funny and the operator calling back and asking to speak to my parents. That did not end well for me. Yeah. Although mine got worse because I did that and she called back and I picked up right away because it was a, my parents were having a party downstairs. So the kids were upstairs and we're just messing around. So we pranked the operator 
She calls back. I pick up right away with the home phone upstairs. And she goes, well, I need to talk to your parents. And I go, well, my parents are dead. And she's like, well, I need to talk to whoever, you know, is in charge of you. I go, no one is. I go, God is. And that's it. So, but they ended up calling, she ended up calling back later and my mom ends up answering and then gets the whole story. She's like, you know, of course my mom's so literal about everything. He said we were dead. I'm like, mom, I'm just seeing I'm by. I don't want to want you dead. Not yet. I was just bullshitting. All right. Oh, that is. Well, fortunately, Cindy does have that sense of humor that we talked about earlier. So he does. Although pranking ACTV, that that was that that was the glory days of my pranking days. No, ACTV guy, you and I were your your friend. We didn't know each other yet either, which is funny. It was you and Bob Crawford on your end, and then me yep. and the group of degenerates that I was hanging out with at the time that were just we were up late at night and these ACTV people were always asking for people to call in, including, oh God, what was the guy's name who would uh, dress up like a clown? Oh, that guy was, that guy was so coked out of his mind. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time, but I, I do now as an adult. And I, mean, I figured at the time, but yeah, he was, I forgot his name. I mean, I remember Bar- Bar- Barbara Cantu. I remember Shelly from uh, Catharsis. Um, cannot, I remember cannot, can too. Pete Turner, Alex Jones, you go through it. Like, I mean, we we destroyed them, and we had a calling signal too. Adrian Walker, number three. Is that was that what it was? Number 36, Adrian Walker on the carry. And so we would, you know, we would go through setting them up for 10 minutes and then just blistering nothing but F and P bombs and everything. I mean, as C bombs, you name it all the seats, you know, just getting that out there and they would be, you know, shooting to try and plug us off. But as we got that, the big, our wet bandit deal, we want to be the wet bandits, which is never smart because you get caught on that. We never did. But uh, number 36, Wally Pryor, the PA guy at UT, number 36, Adrian Walker on the carry. There was something about that rhythm and, and just the bass and volume that I loved. I go, Bob, that's our calling card. Great calling card. Our We'd mix it up a little bit. You know, number 29, Phil Brown on the screen pass. Our our finest moment of prank calling ACTV. And yes, by the way, Dave, Alex Jones did start at ACTV. Yeah, I know he started there. No, we used to, I, you could get him so fired up. It yeah. was great. Which is We're, why, I, I mean, I think a lot of it's fake now and he's clearly just making money. Um yeah. But even early on, like there, there was some, there was some screw that was loose that, like you, I mean, I, I'm shocked he's not died of a heart attack or blood pressure. I, it feels like it's coming at some point soon. I mean, he's he's put I'm on. I'm not wishing that. I'm not not wishing it, but I'm not wishing it. He's <laughs> he's put on a lot of weight. He obviously lives a very high stress life. Yeah, that that may be happening sooner rather than later. And guess what? When it happens, people will ignore. The fact that he is a massive dude who has a lot of stress and there will be some sort of conspiracy theory behind it. Here's my uh, very, uh, very sturdy prediction there. But you mean uh, like our- with the whole pandemic and everyone wanted to avoid one obvious topic that's been in front of us as a country for a long time. That Anthony Fauci is short. 
No, we knew that from St. Regis as a 5'8 point guard. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Queens. Uh, but, no, the country is very unhealthy and obese to a large degree. So yeah. any pandemic, any flu can, can really turn it the way it did. Yeah. And, and you can obviously give stuff, well, how about this country and that country? Totally get it. But like this country, where we're at health-wise, you cannot dispute that. Like we've got, I would say that's a pandemic or is it an epidemic, Trey? It is most definitely an epidemic. And it's not just a U.S. thing either. It is a global problem right now, much to some people's surprise. But yeah, the obesity thing was a better indicator that somebody who caught COVID could be dealing with long-term consequences or possibly death. It was a bigger indicator than old age was. Yeah. Because there are so many other uh, comorbidities that come along with obesity. And the average person who was dying from COVID was dying with six plus comorbidities. And typically the starting point was obesity. So it's sad, but I think that the pandemic also woke a lot of people up and had them doing more to try and take control over their own personal health too. So they're not reliant on this healthcare system that uh, can be good in some ways, but is also a, a giant money suck in a lot of I, other ways too. I also think that a majority of not a probably majority, it's probably close, maybe 54, you know, percent, but whatever. What are you laughing at? If I can see me, this is one of the, one of your finest pieces of work here. CB. That is phenomenal. CB. You know, you know what CB you're getting plenty enough sleep. You're good. <laughs> Either that or you need to get less now. <laughs> you know, what's ruining society, social media, which is different. I get it. Cause that was Mac, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I'm sorry, you were saying 50-something percent? Yeah, I mean, so I think a majority of Americans, because, like, do you fault your parents for the junk food we were eating as kids? Or the high-fructose corn syrup? Or I don't. They didn't fucking know, man. So the tricky thing about this subject is that... So quickly, let me finish. My, my point is that a lot of people that are in this situation, whether it's socioeconomic, and we talk about inflation and grocery stores now and everything... Dude, there are some, there are a lot, actually a majority of families that would love to live that way, or maybe would even try, but they can't. You've got to breathe and eat for the next day. And this is what our life is, and we're going to have to get by it, right? So that can create bad, obviously, food habits or obesity. And then there's also the, the lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge, not as much now, but it may be for some communities. That I mean, I really don't blame the individual person. I think the system and the country and the world has kind of put them in that spot. And then you get in that spot, you get cracked. Well, you're not getting a crack out of cough crack for the most part. It becomes very difficult to do. By the way, Cooter, please tell us more about the Feingold diet because you were hyperactive. I hope it started with significantly less sugar because that is a uh, a major reason why hyperactivity has become a problem with kids, as well as kids not running around enough during the day and being glued to televisions or devices. No, yeah. the fine gold yeah. diet was different. So tell me what the fine gold diet was, Cooter, if you can. Via no, the I'll tell movie. you because I know what it is. Okay, what is it then? You don't talk to Catholic kids. 
You don't talk to what? Catholic kids. Because you're Jewish? Yeah, fine. Oh, okay, all right. All Sorry, right. that that required more of an explanation than I, I should have needed. So that's exactly what it was. You know what? That's There's something to that, Cooter. There is something to that. Well, I thought he was saying mine was exactly Oh, no, no. Yours was a good joke that went over my head. Mine was legitimate because sugar causes hyper, hyperactivity. There's no question about that. But to the question that you asked about how much we blame our parents for feeding us just complete crap in our childhoods. I don't blame them at all. I don't really blame them at all either because. Well, you blame them a little because you said really. Well, I think there's a laziness that does come into play. Like when you're eating pizza enough days in a row, like you have to understand that you're feeding an insane amount of calories to your kids. And when your kid is going through the hormonal changes that comes with puberty, then that could cause all sorts of problems. That's part of the way that I got fat as a kid. Our parents were smoking cigarettes at 12 years old. It's very different culture. I agree with that. I know, but but that's all they knew as a 30... two-year-old parent and misinformation has been around for all of our lifetimes right but the misinformation was easier to pass off onto the entire general public back before we had all of these uh really neat and sometimes accurate sometimes inaccurate ways to either uh to either see that that is true or to see that it's completely false i mean there was a a study that was done that was funded by the sugar industry in the late sixties, early 1970s, that demonized saturated fat while also saying that sugar was a way to counterbalance that, that sugar was actually in a way good for you. And then you get the sugar industry uh, extracting high fructose corn syrup in the late 1970s and early eighties and starting pumping that into pretty much every, uh, every type of processed food throughout the 1980s And people see high fructose corn syrup. Well, that's a fancy way to say sugar, but it also looks a whole lot nicer. And it makes people overlook the fact that all of their food is being sweetened. On top of the insane amount of money that uh, big food, that major food corporations spend on marketing to make sure the food that they are serving you in packages looks as enticing as possible. And tastes as enticing as possible too by filling it with sugar, fat, and uh, uh, salt as well. And all three of those things on their own can cause a certain sort of problems. But the three I love all three together just cause things to blow up figuratively and literally, Kevin. So thankfully, in the 1990s, people started to wise up to this, and we continue to see a, a sort of turning of the tide. Uh, here in America and other developed countries, which is why a lot of these big food corporations have started going to poor developing countries to uh, really inject their product there. Places like Mexico, Brazil, South Africa, Indonesia, China. Um, oh gosh, there's a really good book that I read recently. I'm not recalling the title right now that breaks it down that shows like really since the late 80s and early 90s, when America and other places like that started waking up to just how fucked up uh, processed foods were and how those those are actually really bad for your health. At that point, they weren't trying to change the message at all. They're still offering that here in America and plenty of Americans still 
eat it up literally and figuratively once again, they started trying to find other markets that that would allow them to remain as viable and profitable as major corporations. Agreed. But a lot of the people now maybe have the knowledge, but socioeconomically, fiscally, they don't have the money to do something else. And that's where inflation really comes into play and stagnant wages, which we've had for too long, too, when, when you balance those out. I will say this, though. You kind of brought it up. The biggest issue I've had, do I think that do I think that there's new information and and not technology necessarily, but maybe that, but ways to gather information to make our diets and health better because we're evolving as a species. Of course I do. Do I think climate change is real? Of course I do. Problem with both is at 45, as someone who was really into the climate at one point and then really into diets and health at another point, they've been so fucking wrong about both my whole lifetime. And the older you get, which is why you can be idealistic at 21 or Greta Van Thornburg, whatever her name is. Like I care about some 14 year old chick telling me about the climate. I don't. That they've been so wrong. In 1979, a year after I was born, 60 Minutes put out a piece saying that three quarters, 60 Minutes, which is a big deal back then, three quarters of the world will be frozen over by 2020 or 2015 or 2010 or 1999. Like, and now they've completely flipped. You go to diets, all meat, no meat. All, you know, whatever it is, all starch, no starch, no sugar. The diets have been so yo-yoed and so on the opposite spectrum that I don't trust the people, the scientists or whatever, who are actually doing this. That we are probably not as far along as a society and as a race and species in a world that, that, that then we think we are. We're not there. That maybe in... 200 years, they can look back and go, oh, that's cute. They went all protein. See the all protein deal? Oh, in 79, they thought the whole thing would be frozen over. Then in 2020, it's all going to burn up. Climate change is real. And I I know it's affecting stuff. To what degree? I don't know. Because the people in charge, the specialists, the geniuses, the scientists, the ones that really can tell you have been so fucking wrong my whole life. Not only wrong, on the complete opposite side. I think 95 Nebraska is going to have the worst (laughs) rushing offense in the country. What? Are you kidding me? (laughs) So that's where if you're a youngin listening, people like me who are total independent, have no team on either side, want to get facts and believe them. I've gotten enough facts in my lifetime and information, credible quote unquote information that was 180 degrees off. It was so far off. So I have a problem believing in any of it, diet or climate change. I know it's real and I know it can help me out and help us out. But who do I believe? That's my question. I think these are great points. I think that people who really follow nutrition would tell you that nutrition research is a colossal shit show for a variety of reasons. Starting with the nature of nutrition research oftentimes requires 
a certain level of honesty amongst your subjects or a certain amount of self-reporting and people are terrible at self-reporting. I will also say that there are some basic dietary tenets that don't, don't have to do with eating a certain way for a certain amount of time to lose weight. That is more about general lifestyle choices that will be better for you in terms of what you're consuming. And while there will be all sorts of arguments on macronutrients and which ones you need more of and which ones you need less of and whether carbs are worse for you than fats, carbs and fats each have value, believe it or not, for uh, for those of you who are on one side of that argument or the other. Yeah, and the latter for Brett, Brad Kellner. <laughs> the most important macronutrient, true. The most important macronutrient, I think, can be safely be said now is protein for a whole host of reasons, in part because protein is one of the most important building block, uh, blocks for for uh, for life and human existence and, and humans' ability to thrive. And like you can look at studies of, uh, of protein being consumed in meals and how much protein you need to maintain a certain amount of weight or to put on muscle. The other thing to keep in mind with health is that there will also be fads with regards to uh, to working out and physical fitness, right? CrossFit, jogging is another one of those things. I mean, there, there are a variety of workout styles. The most important thing to know with working out is you do want a little bit of variety, but you want to make sure that you are doing resistance training, aka strength training, because muscle helps protect the rest of your body from disease. Or if you get a disease, it helps you to overcome that disease much better than somebody who does not have a certain amount of muscle mass. Got it. And again, I'm saying all of these things while also recognizing that that some of this is is going to continue to evolve too. But I think a very basic rule of do most of your shopping on the perimeter of a grocery store will serve you well. I understand that socioeconomics definitely come into play as it pertains to a person's ability to eat healthy. But I also see in a lot of uh, poor areas, and this isn't just a poor area thing, by the way, I drive around Cedar Park and see this all over the place too. People talk about food deserts in terms of how far a person has to go to find fresh food. Those yeah. do exist, but a bigger problem in this country is something that has been very accurately labeled as food swamp, where you do have some healthy options, some fresh food options, but it's in a sea of junk. And the junk is as easy or easier to get into. And, and it cheaper, is also and cheaper. And it also typically be, tends to be a little bit cheaper too. Here's the thing though, people, you don't need as much food as a lot of people think you do, especially when you're eating whole foods that are prepared right. Yeah, have you been to the state fair? No shit. <laughs> I have been to the state fair. It's one of the times that I throw my uh, my dietary caution into the wind. But you um, you. it is uh, it, it's going to continue to be a problem in this country. Look, like people know more than ever what they should and shouldn't be doing in terms of their consumption habits and also the need to exercise versus those who just choose to sit on their lazy asses. I'm sorry, I'm going to put it bluntly to sit on their lazy asses for far too large a portion of the day. That is harmful for you. It's no, just it's like actually stop, great people. Don't listen to them. Just, just eat like better. If you and stop exercise. using your brain. If you stop thinking for yourself and if you stop challenging yourself mentally, you will become mentally weak. 
The same thing happens if you stop using your body. I don't care that you excelled in fucking lacrosse or soccer or football or whatever it was when you were in high school. That was 20 years ago. You try and go back out there now, you're going to fucking kill yourself because you've been completely dormant for the last decade. You have to get off your ass. You have to move. You have to challenge yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Otherwise, those things wither up. You will atrophy in each of those areas. Well said. Hey, who do, you, who do you have in Michigan, Penn State? Penn State is, or Michigan's favored by five and a half. This I, is so I, weird, all the Michigan shit. I, I, I want to take Penn State, but fucking James Franklin sucks in these games. The games are not Penn State should should figure out a way to pull off this upset with as as much of a, a uh, as much of a heel as Michigan has become over the last month now. But it's not going to happen. Michigan's going to win this game. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I've never been a Franklin guy. I think he's Mac Brown. Um, and I, I don't mean that as a compliment. Uh, although Mac obviously did great things here, but I mean the Mac Brown of of maybe '99 or 2000 or 2001 before he'd actually won one. I'm not sure Franklin will do that. He's a great promoter, great marketer, good bullshitter, and can recruit, but. It's always about his coordinators and Aller, you know, funny thing about Aller, Aller's been, hell, he's been top 10 quarterback. If you look at rate rankings, but the third down situation against Ohio state and just their offense in general, I'm not buying it. So I, I'm going to take Michigan in this man. It's a five and a half point line. I'm not sure I'd touch that, but I think Michigan wins. And I feel like Michigan is extra motivated because they're being demonized for something that a lot of programs are guilty of right now. And that is going above and beyond and trying to uh, crack the code of what other team signs are like, there's like, uh, I don't know who it is that's trying to uh, make an example out of Michigan. The NCAA is essentially punted and said, we're not going to worry about this until the end of the year. Big 10 coaches were trying to force the conference into punishing Michigan in some way, shape, or form. And Michigan came out and said, yeah, we don't respect your authority, Big Ten, so you can say or do whatever you want to. We're going to completely ignore that. And then we'll maybe deal with it at the end of the season. But I feel like uh, the country, in a sense, has given Michigan some bulletin board material to be extremely locked in the rest of the way. For this weekend's matchup, obviously Ohio State comes up in a couple of weeks. I'm fascinated to see how it plays out because it does seem like Michigan is up there with Georgia's uh, the two teams that have the best chance of winning a national championship right now. Yeah, they do. Now this whole Michigan stuff's been amazing. I told you about the Ryan Day stuff, and now that's kind of been leaked out and coming yeah, out. Ryan Day's for those brother. who haven't uh, who haven't heard about this yet. So Ryan Day's brother is very high up, like VP or you know CIO. I forgot what he is of a cybersecurity and investigative firm in New Hampshire that is apparently a lot of stuff in Washington. Like it's one of the top firms. And the thought is, is that they're probably the ones who did this very high level investigation that the NCAA couldn't or wouldn't do and dropped it at their doorstep. And that's also, by the way, if they did break into Connor Stallion's computer and hack stuff, that's a felony. So this could be, like, this could just be the beginning of a great soap opera. I always felt like growing up Michigan-Ohio State for the Midwesterners I knew. It's the game. It's the game. Like, no, it's not, dude. It's like the seventh best rivalry I give a shit about on the field every year. 
outside of even my teams. All right. Miami, Florida State's this weekend. Much bigger. I understand it doesn't have the backdrop. I understand the backdrop of both programs. Trust me, I do. But it's boring fucking football. This actually feels like the best Michigan-Ohio State like rivalry drama that we've had. And it's off the field. And it's been okay on the field the last 10 years. But it's especially the last couple with Michigan actually fighting back. But it's uh, this is turning into some fun stuff right now. Um, and you know I'm not a big drama guy, but this this is the type of drama I can deal with, mainly because it's real, not manufactured. Yeah, exactly. That's the difference: is ESPN pumping something up in a completely fraudulent manner to try and, or, or they're feigning outrage to try and get people to care more about it than they would otherwise, and it's uh, it doesn't pass the smell test. This passes the smell test because it is each side trying to go after the other to get the other in trouble. And it was kind of started by Ohio state who uh, helped create this issue for Michigan beginning last season, according to various reports, by the way, Hamza (laughs) love the recap here. The last 10 minutes or so on this show, all supplements are fake. Never said that by the way, a lot of supplements are bullshit, but there are good supplements Food deserts exist, but also lots of bad options. You need to get off your ass and move. This isn't like high school lacrosse. So who do you have for Michigan Penn State? Yeah. <laughs> Over the gambit here, Hamza. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate it. If you've enjoyed yep. this episode, click the thumbs up button. Subscribe to Texas Sports Unfiltered on YouTube if you haven't already. And make sure to download that free app as well. That's what you're going to get with this. I mean, we do talk actually a lot of sports on this show. We don't. We don't float stuff out there and cream it up we actually get to the meat but um and there's a lot of meat to get to so i don't know what do you have do you have soccer practice or volleyball practice can you go five or ten after if we talk sports here yeah i have no no issues with that i um but i actually actually enjoyed our conversation earlier and i'm doing this for me not for y'all today agreed Today was supposed to be the last soccer practice of the season for either. Oh, team. thank God, dude. That must have felt like me getting over chemo. But it, yeah, but it got canceled because of the bad weather. And so now we just have two more games to go this weekend. And then we're free of soccer for a couple months. A couple months? What are they playing in the spring? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Dude, you need to work on some infiltration and really start bad-mouthing soccer. I know you have it in you. I, I mean, haven't I been bad-mouthing soccer? <laughs> I've, my kids, every time I'm done with a show that I do with you, are like, Dad, why are you saying all that stuff about soccer? Why are you sharing all those stories about us? I'm like, hey. Because Uncle Kevin and I are honest on this podcast, I'm like 98% of sports stuff they see. <laughs> we're, we're, a little bit, uh, we're a little bit too honest about you- things times yeah you may need to turn that around this may be a a dad anything dad likes we don't and anything dad doesn't we do where you go you know what i'm really getting into soccer and they're like mm-hmm. ah this is old and boring now reverse psychology yep yeah no i'll just continue, i'll just continue pointing out to them what's going on but i also tell them this like they're they're both good at soccer so i'm like that's what you guys enjoy doing. You keep doing it. I will come out and support you at these games, even though I don't like this sport that much. Just keep being good at it. That makes it more entertaining for me because I get to root for y'all. 
That's fair. So we got Tennessee, Tennessee, Missouri, 13 and at 14, which is not, you know, Missouri, I watched them last week and I've watched them a couple of times. They're a good football team. Tennessee, I'm not totally sure about. Utah, Washington, 18 at number five. And then I think you were going to get to it. Old Miss at Georgia. Uh, Georgia, an 11 point favorite. One, would you lay that line with Georgia? And two, do you trust Lane Kiffin at all to make this close? I don't know. They just needed a last minute touchdown to beat AM at home last weekend. That was close. I rewatched that game, man. That was. Um, AM had a chance to win that game. And I actually wish they would have. Why is that? Dude. Keep Jimbo as long as you can. Oh, okay. That's that would have been my guess. Keep Jimbo as long as you can. It reminds me of Mark Johnson when he was her baseball coach, and Aggies would talk to me before radio and then during radio. Katie, you're a big college baseball guy. What do you think about Mark Johnson? I think Mark is one slap ass and Chuck Knobloch around third base after a homer. Good old boy uh, with Jim Lawler, the pitching coach. I mean, I mean, I've just been stunned you haven't made it to Omaha. But he's a great coach. Keep it up. I'd keep him. You know, Tony Baroni? Tony Baroni's a, he's, he's Rick Patino with Coach K and some Bobby Knight in there dressed as a, 411 400 pound guy you know like he'd be crazy to get rid of him he's john calipari minus yeah a bunch of inches and plus a bunch of lbs once rc got to the later point you're gonna get rid of one rc slocum who else has sex with a secretary and sleeps in his own office i mean you're not gonna get that anywhere like i mean you've got to make sure that you know you keep the right guy. Hmm. Was that the rumor with RC? Yeah, I think late 90s. Oh, boy. I didn't realize RC had it in him. I showed so little emotion. I guess I'm kind of proud that he's uh, still able to do that in the late 90s. Yep. Not really. His hair, his, his hair wasn't the only white hair. Hmm. I, um, uh, I don't think Ole Miss sticks with Georgia to answer your question, no. And I hate that uh, a top 15 matchup like Missouri and Tennessee does so little for me, but I, I don't I don't care a whole lot about that game. I, I guess I, if I care, it's because I'm intrigued by Missouri right now. Like they, they've got a pretty good defense, so I'd like to see Eli Drinkowitz continue taking that program in the right direction. And unfortunately, I mean, look, is, is Utah going to be able to stick with Washington? I don't think so. I know they looked better on offense last week, but that was against uh God, who did they play last week? Cal. Arizona. Yeah, but Washington outside of last week, Washington's been bad since their big win against Oregon. I, I think that last week kind of got them back on track in okay. part because they stopped asking Michael Penix to do so much and they did a much better job of running the ball. They're going to find a little bit more balance now that they can lean on that rushing attack, and I think that's going to uh, to help them to get back to a uh, a point of domination on offense. Yeah. And I feel, even though they gave up a lot of points to USC, that's you know USC is really good offensively. Utah is still not that good on offense. So no, no, they've got the pig farmer, and it's a cute story. And trust me, this is where you have to be smart. If you're a Utah fan, not that you're going anywhere. You have a head coach who's been there since what? Oh, when did Urban go? Like 04, 05, around there. Maybe in 06. 
where he goes from Utah to Florida. Whittingham takes the job. You've had the same OCU Notre Dame, those cheap bastards, tried to hire and couldn't. You've had the same DC, Morgan Scally, forever. Like you've got a great thing rolling. The fact you're seven and two, considering the Cam Rising deal, I'm not sure another coaching staff in the country would be in that spot in the best conference in the country. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, their uh, their losses have been to the teams that they should have lost to, I guess. Oregon State and Oregon right now, but they beat USC. They beat UCLA in a game that a lot of people thought UCLA was going to upset them in that game. I, I was in that category of people that thought UCLA was going to win that game. And uh, they, they've got a couple of games to prove themselves at the end of the year, starting with number five Washington this weekend. And they face um, Arizona after that too. And Arizona... Back to giving you credit for uh, for things that you were all on top of before anybody else. Uh, there's not one more. There's not another team, though, that I've been on top of like this this year. Uh, you may be right about that because you were very early on Arizona. A- Arizona is uh, that that is not that game is at Arizona, too. That's going to be a tough one for Utah because they're, you know, Jaquinda no, was good for them last weekend and that. But that 55-point total is misleading because they weren't great at throwing the ball last weekend. They just forced a bunch of turnovers and gave their offense short fields to work with against fucking Arizona State, who's the worst team in the Pac-12 right now. You're talking Arizona. Arizona's at Colorado this week, right? Uh, Yes, Arizona's at Colorado this week, but I was saying Utah. They finished the season with Washington, Arizona, and Colorado. Yep. No, I watched Arizona against USC, and – just looking at their talent, just eyeball, like not knowing anything, I thought, holy shit, they got three receivers that can go. And they had a backup quarterback. And they should have beat USC. And I was well aware what USC was, even undefeated at that time. I was, You and I were saying it on this podcast. You and I have actually been, for the most part, right about the overview of what we thought in college football. So I'll give us that, because we'll be wrong about a bunch of shit, too. So. And we'll also own that. <laughs> yeah, I have no problem admitting when I've been wrong, uh, Miami's been reeling recently. I know, man, the NC state game, cause this should have been a game. If Tyler was playing well, I don't totally buy Florida state yet. I think he's done a great job there. They've hit the portal incredibly well, especially with the receivers. This would have been a game though, you know, where Miami says we're going to be Miami and get a dub and it'd be crystal ball's biggest win. Is there any shot at that or no? No, they've lost. Three of five now. That includes the loss to NC State last week. You're right. Tyler Van Slyke played so poorly. What are you laughing at, Cooter? No. Did you say Van Slyke? Uh, Van Dyke. What? What? What is their quarterback? Yeah. No, it's it's not Andy's kid or grandkid. It's uh, Van, Van Dyke. Van think Dyke of like think so of bad. Dick. Think, think of Dick in two separate beds. There we go. Van Dyke was so bad last weekend that there's talks of benching this guy right now. And he was one of the reasons why people thought Miami might make some noise this year is because he did look good early on, but uh, the tide has turned for him. I mentioned how well I did. doesn't look like a great matchup, even though it's uh, supposed to be an in-state rivalry. I mentioned how well I did at Morgan Stanley. We did crush it. Like, I mean, um, it was like pretty impressive, but also gave me a lot of confidence being outside of radio and TV that I can do other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And it also got around Austin a lot. And so that's where I got a lot of opportunities. But um, I did try and sign Van Dyke. So, hey, you win some, you lose some. But we didn't. So, 
you know, it's one of those that I tried to take her out and I found out that she cut her boyfriend's penis off. Wait, Van Dyke hadn't done that, but where you feel like you ended up losing but winning in the end, those are always good in life, right? I mean, not not as great as winning and winning, but losing and winning isn't bad. I mean, you still lost, but you're it's more of a luck deal. You look up a god and go, thank you for that. I at that day I was pissed off, but thanks. Well, it's like missing missing your flight on a plane that ends up going down, runs off the runway, and it's everything. nowhere near like that. What are you? Uh, that's are you kidding me? I'm just saying it's a you. You think you've missed out on an opportunity, and the opportunity turns. Oh, I get your point, but that's pretty extreme. Disaster. I was just trying to think of a good example from from real life. Right. The example that you just brought up that you you know missing out on. Um, no, mine was extreme too. I got, I had a dick cut off. Andy Van so Slyke's like, kid missing out on signing him. I mean, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population isn't going to go through that one either. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, touche, brother. You got me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's uh there there is a tragedy to the picture that I just painted that uh, is nowhere near what you were talking about. But yeah, opportunity well, is. I mean, I mean, there'll be a lot of people who said I'd rather go down on a plane to get my dick cut off. So actually, they're they're you know I'm wrong on that one. They're they're actually incredibly similar. Your life's I wonder what Andy Vance like is up to these days. Probably hanging out with Sid Bream and Bobby Benia. Hmm. And Bobby's paying. Was Andy Van Slyke the guy that had the nickname Fruit Loops? No, that was um. No, that was uh, uh Lind Jose Jose Lynn. Mickey Tettleton. Why did Mickey Tettleton Mickey Tettleton never played for the Pirates? Who was the Tiger? No, but I'm thinking of the guy who had the nickname Fruit Loops. Was that Mickey Tettleton? I thought it was Ernest Gibbons. Nah. I'm- no, I didn't know. I didn't know that Tettleton had that nickname. Oh, let me see. We'll just leave. We'll leave that for the people that know sports. Electric slide, folks. Electric slide. Mickey, switch hitter. He had a great. Anytime you're playing wiffle ball, he had a great. You know, like a Julio Franco or he yeah, had a great, great stance where he was real dead and uh, and. Then, yeah, Mickey Tettleton did have the nickname Fruit Loops. Why? Because his favorite cereal was Fruit Loops. No, that's it's so baseball. I know, dude. <laughs> I mean, baseball, like I love Greg Swindell to death, but like his nickname is Zeke, and the people always come up. They're like, "So why is your name Zeke?" He's like, "Because my brother's name was Zork. They called me Zeke. Like there was nothing to it. It's like, oh, really? I thought there'd be like some, you know." Mythical god that you know your parents were into Greek gods or shit like that, you know. Jim, why do they call you Lefty? Well, Jim Abbott, Lefty. Oh, uh, oh, are we getting pulled? I almost feel like this is Tori Labello coming out and saying Merrill <laughs> Kelly, um, or more Mark DeRosa when Merrill Kelly, Merrill Kelly. So DeRosa comes out in the World Baseball Classic and pulls Kelly like in the second or third inning. And Kelly looks at him and he goes, and DeRosa's brought this up. He goes, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) No, I just came on here to give y'all an Andy Van Slyke update. Oh, yes. Yeah. Don't tell me he like died in some car wreck. By the way, real real quick before you give the Andy Van Slyke update, does anybody know why Jim Abbott 
got the nickname Lefty. No. Well, you know my Jim Abbott story, remember? Let's hear it. Well, I told you, when he was pitching in Michigan in 89, they came down for a uh, spring break deal where Gus would play like 11 games in five days, which I loved. My spring breaks to me wasn't going with friends to go skiing. It was hanging out at the dish for 12 hours and bat boying, baby. Um, but Abbott, Michigan are coming. I know because like it explains a lot. Um, so giving so Abbott, Michigan are coming. Players. What'd you say? Giving signs to the Texas players as to what pitch was coming. Absolutely. I got no regrets about that at all. It's wasn't the Astros, dude. You <laughs> drop too low. Um, we're, we're giving signs. That's that's on you. But Abbott comes. So my dad drops me off for the whole day. And I'm like, dude, Jim Abbott. I was like, I'm going to get him to sign a baseball. I was like, but dad, I'm going to throw him two baseballs at once. My dad knew I was sarcastic, but he goes, don't do that, man. Don't do that. (laughs) All right. Uh, What's the Abbott deal? Why his nickname was Lefty? Because he only had one left hand. Jesus Christ, man. Why why are our our bad jokes going over the other person's head? Because because the same reason BK is coming on now. He's trying to save this thing, and he's trying to kick us off. And I don't blame (laughs) him. We're, we're, We're not good human beings. Uh, all right, what's the, Andy, what's the Andy Van Slyke update, BK? Are calling you Kevin Stallions for all the sign stealing you were doing, <laughs> dude. Oh, uh, can you imagine me with a phone at that age, BK? Oh my god! On, you you would have been arrested at the age of nine for. Yeah, I would have been in center field. You know, it's like, what's this kid doing? Oh my god, you would have been banging trash cans out there. Speaking of the Astros, yeah, I've been banging trash cans and other things. Uh, yeah, I've been doing that on Sixth Street for years. Yeah, and they really are trash cans. Or I've all, yeah, I also have taken a couple of women home too. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> those trash cans can be nice. Uh, Andy Vince, like, I'm surprised y'all don't know this, but you guys also don't watch nearly as many commercials as I do because I, I for some reason enjoy those. Uh, he's on the Nugenics commercials I, with Nugenics, Frank yep. Thomas and and, uh, and Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie. Yeah. He's pushing those low T pills these days. Oh, uh, Trey, yeah. Trey, it is the worst commercial ever. It reminds me of an 80s commercial. They really haven't got the nuance of how to do this. And it's some chick with a guy on a golf course, her her guy. And they're like, hey, Frank Thomas, Doug Flutie, how are y'all doing? We're doing great. And my wife comes now, which is awesome um, because my dick's hard again. <laughs> And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they wink at her and they're like, and she'll like it too. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's how it always ends. And she'll love it too. And she'll love it too. <laughs> like there's no, BK, I mean, obviously I'm getting around, but it's close to that, is it not? I mean, it is, like if we would have been nine watching it, we would have been with our buddies dying laughing. Oh, yeah, they always try to bury the lead in those. It's like, oh, you've got more energy for work and for the gym. And then they just start talking about how like your dick is going to start working again. And then, <laughs> and then it's like, that's why everybody wants this stuff. You might as well lead with that because that's why everybody is calling or texting yeah. the word man for a yeah, free dude, sample. Dude, get to the gym part if you've got time in the 30 seconds, all right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get to the my wife actually has her G spot hit now. Yeah, that's 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 what we really want. I don't get the wife up like you know fucking you know okra in there. Oh. Yeah, 
Boys, Ooh, I actually bro. do have to go now. We're about to go grab dinner. All right. Well, that's a great way to end. I'm not, BK, I'm not sure what this show was, but I tell you this, it was unfiltered. It was awesome. <laughs> I, I I was able, I've been running some errands. I probably listened to an hour and a half of it. You guys were hilarious. And the, the transitions from randomness to sports were, uh, were top notch. <laughs> hey, boys. So if you just listened for the first time, Trey and I actually do talk a lot more sports and there's a lot of stuff we want to get to, but, um, it's on the but, day. but you're going to get this. So we're not going anywhere. Y'all enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and, um, you know, make your wife. Make your wife do this. Uh, you get your wife to do that, you know, got her on ecstasy. Later, buddy. See you guys.